Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. And with me today, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning, Andrew. Morning. It's like Christmas Eve here in the NBA world. We're just waiting to open up all our trades tomorrow, Alex. Oh, it's so exciting, Andrew. It's better than a Top Shot pack, which we'll never get again. (laughs) I did get one uh, two days ago, which I was just so excited. And I didn't even know. Like, I... I thought there were only three, and you messaged me. You were like, scroll down. Yeah. There's more. So uh, happy for you. Uh, I'm so, I, I know that nobody's happy for me, but I was very excited about it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, so lots of trade rumors going around right now. You pull up Real GM or whatever your preferred site is, theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get it for $1 a month. I mean, you, you can't do better than that. You cannot do better than $1 a month. So go check that out. But we got Victor Oladipo likely to be moved. We, it feels like a Kyle Lowry move is coming. It feels like Aaron Gordon is going to go. But Alex, this is a Thunder pod. We got to talk about the Thunder, Thunder guys pod. first. Oh, we got to talk about the Thunder guys first. Let's first give uh, just a quick overview of what's been going on in Thunder world. Uh, Thunder been winning a ton of games. Moses Brown won all G League first team, all defensive team. Andrew, did you know in his four starts in which the Thunder are three and one, the Thunder are he is averaging 12.5 points per game, 12.8 rebounds per game, 2.5 blocks per game. He's productive. He's productive. I I don't know what else to say. He's been pretty good and pretty productive. I, I want to put you on the spot, Andrew, about uh, some of these young guys because okay, I was texting with you how like the most confusing part about all of this right now is that you could make a case if you really wanted to. If you were a sicko, Yo. every single guy on this team is a guy. You know, <laughs> you, you, could. you could you really could go buck wild and say that all of these guys are guys, you know, they've perf- been performing at guy levels here. Think about like back in the day. I think Josh, Josh Hustis was the first one. How he barely had to do anything to get guy status. I mean, if <laughs> if these guys were held to that same standard, they would have already be elected guys by now. Yeah, they would be. They'd be through the roof. Yeah, no doubt. I just want to I just want to read you off five of kind of like the lesser talked about guys on this team. Sure. And you just kind of rank them in terms of both uh, f- like future guy status, not just who has, is most likely to become, become a guy, but just like who's most likely to go even further than that. Okay. okay. These five. Svi, Mihailuk. No. Jerome, Moses Brown, uh-huh. Teo, and Isaiah Roby. How would you rank those five? Oh, okay. How would I rank them as far as future guy status? Yeah, future guy status. I mean, Teo's got to be number one for me. He's just a he's just a pro, uh, and he's got pretty good size for a point guard. He's got good vision. Uh, he can really shoot it. So to me, he's he's number number one on that list. Number two, <laughs> this is quite a list of players. <laughs> I. Probably would put Ty Jerome number two. That was actually the entire reason I brought this up because mm-hmm. I think I might make the case that I'm like 
as excited about Ty Jerome's future as I am mm. about Teo's future. And and the re- and just comparing the two, I think the thing I like about Ty Jerome a little bit more is that he's just a little bit more willing of a shooter. Sure. And he's just as I mean, he's an awesome shooter. I think he's shooting like over he's shooting over forty percent on five attempts per game right now. He's he's very good. Yes. He's very good. And he I, I was going back and reading some of his like pre-draft evaluations, and it's kind of obvious why he fell. Like he's a negative wingspan guy. But in fact, his wingspan's all over the place, but he's definitely six five, and then his wingspan could be as low as six two and a half. Um, Presty has acquired, listen, this is getting weird. Presty has acquired two negative wingspan guys in the course of just a few months. Wow. He may, Hey, he's zigging. He is. He has zigged. He, he eventually, he's just going to start to find guys that are just T-Rexes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really liking Ty Jerome. I just feel like he does so much for your team and he does not dominate the ball. He honestly reminds me. I'm not saying they're the same player because this guy is definitely not a negative. What are you about to do? What are you about to do? He reminds me (laughs) of Lonzo. Just in terms of like a complimentary player, doesn't need the ball, really good shooter, good defender. Like I think he's... He tries. He's he's very active. And obviously he came from a very good defensive school in Virginia. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Ty Jerome. He has the passing ability, he has the shooting ability. He yeah. tries on defense. Like, what else do you want from a guy? And so I was thinking about uh, – I, I had a tweet the other day that was just like, it's kind of wild how Presti had so much trouble with the back end of the roster for so long, and then all of a sudden it seems like anybody he brings in immediately performs well, including Sfi, who's looked great the last two games. Yep. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. One is not having to play with, like, super high-usage guys. You just get more opportunities, obviously. Mm-hmm. Coach Mark Dagnalt is obviously a big factor there. Seems to be a great developmental coach. But also, just looking at the type of players that Presti is now bringing in, it is so different. And and going back to what you said about the negative wingspan, it feels like that's the sort of thing that would have got a guy like ruled out in the past. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, right now, I have to go back and look, but right now they have nine guys that are shooting 37% from three or better on the season. Nine. It's Muscala, Maladon, Horford, Luke, George Hill, Darius Miller, SGA, Ken Rich, and Ty Jerome. People don't talk about this quite enough, but the fact that Shea is shooting almost 42% from three is wild. And he's shooting a lot of threes. He's shooting five attempts per game. He, the, the Thunder actually have two guys that are shooting five attempts per game and shooting above 40%. Ty Jerome, as you mentioned before, almost 45% from three, which is absolutely insane. Then you have Ken Rich, who's on a much, much lower volume, uh, but still, it's insane. And then you guys, you have the guys that are lower than 37%, like Isaiah Roby, who has actually, like, I mean, Isaiah Roby is another one where you have to think pretty hard about where he is as far as like the dude guy scale because he's improved so much. But then like Lou Dort at 33%, that's like, that's a massive jump for him. Like almost four percentage points and it does feel real. Like 33% feels real. Um, And then 
like the guys that are shooting poorly from three, it's it's Justin Jackson at thirty percent, which there's a there's some some smoke as as to whether he'll be even on the Thunder in the next few days. Uh, Hami, who's gone, Darius Baisley, who's had just kind of a, a weird. He's a, he's one of the few guys this season where you're like, okay, like he's kind of had a bad year. Um, and then Poku, who's who shot like zero percent for so long that it, it's going to be impossible for him to shoot a good percentage. And then everybody else shoots the ball well. Uh, it is it is in in almost every way bizarro thunder this year. It is, and I. I can't tell if it's because Presti has like completely changed his approach or if it was just he was looking for different things when you have someone like Westbrook and Kevin Durant on the team. Yeah. Yeah, that's part that's certainly part of it and I mean it, it's really hard to say too because they're not putting together a team right now to go compete. I think that it just so happened that a team that wanted Hami, they had Svi, who was available, who they weren't wanting to pay. And so I think it's just like, okay, let's just try it. You know, Ty Jerome was very much like a throw-in in the Suns trade. I don't know that Sam likes him, but still, it's just like, okay, let's just let's just see what he's got. And so it's hard to say whether or not this is what this is the direction they're going. Because like if, if you look at the draft, like Pokashevsky, obviously a guy that has good size and length. Darius Baisley has good size and length. So it's not that he's like completely going away from that. It's just that these situations have just kind of popped up. And it feels it feels good because the Thunder have never done this before. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, you just think of like we could have replaced Samaj with like any of these ball handler guys. I feel like things might have worked out differently. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, one more thing to tell you about the Thunder. So the Knicks, the New York Knicks, are the first team this season to surpass their Vegas predicted win total. They have gone over. The next closest team to go over, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are yep. currently four wins away from going over 22 and a half wins, which was their preseason over-under. Other teams like the Thunder that have exceeded their expectations that are close, the Hornets, the Cavs, and the Spurs. Can you guess what team is furthest away currently from their over-under? It was a team that I actually picked their over. The Lakers? Uh, No, they are on the list. It was the Tampa Bay Raptors. Oh, oh, yeah. That's that's kind of an easy one. They've lost nine in a row. I know. You know what? No, let's do. <laughs> I was about to jump into Raptors trade buzz, but we got to do Thunder <laughs> trade buzz. Yeah, okay, we can, we can get some Raptors news in here in a little bit. Okay, so do you have the the trade buzz drop? There's not one, but do you have one? Trade buzz. Here we go. Okay, first trade buzz. I believe this was said by Kevin O'Connor and maybe even Bobby Marks, but the idea was that the Heat. In all of their their dealings, their wheeling and dealings, possibly for a Kyle Lowry trade, they are trying to get the Thunder to change protections on the 2023 Miami first rounder so that they can free up some movable picks. I thought that was a very interesting thing to hear talked about because when I see Heat are trying to get the Thunder, I'd be like, what's there to try? Why? <laughs> yeah, like, isn't it just a phone call and say, hey, uh, we're gonna change the uh, the terms of this <laughs> of this picks. The only change would be to make it unprotected, right? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Okay, so yeah, so let's do that. 
go ahead and do it. It's yeah. And, and I'm sure they're like, Hey, will you give us something You're like, no, <laughs> why would we do that? You can, we'll just change the terms of the contract and we'll move on. I mean, this is, in, that's insanity. If, if that's how the conversations are going, hey, give us a second round. Or, no, no, we're not doing you a favor, a double favor. Yeah, really, the Thunder should get the second rounder, right? Yeah, to change the terms of the contract. Yeah, they should be asking for something. They should they should ask for Tyler Hero just for the inconvenience. Um, okay, some other things. Now, the, all these, these next couple of things came up during a Twitter Spaces show yeah. with Wobe, Woj, Windhorst, and Bobby Marks. Which and shout out to Brandon Raybar for actually listening to the whole thing and writing down what they said because I tuned out <laughs> after five minutes. I know because I clicked, I clicked on it for like five seconds. I was like, I'm not, I, am I really doing this? I'm not doing this. The, the, I don't understand this like trend in podcasting where we're trying to recreate the thing from terrestrial radio where callers called in like that. That was not the thing I missed about terrestrial radio. <laughs> And we were doing it with like locker room and Twitter spaces. I, I tuned in for five minutes and literally one of their first guests, he got on and was like, Hey guys, how's it going? It's great. It's great to talk to you. And immediately Bobby Marks was like, whatever his name was, hey, Andrew, you got to give me more energy tonight. And the guy was like, Oh, I'm just really tired. This is probably about the best I'm going to do. And he stayed at that the entire time. I was like, I can't listen to this. That's horrible. So shout out to Brandon for typing all this out. Okay. They said one, George Hill will be moved. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, we kind of all expect that, but it's nice to hear someone say it. Hill and Oladipo have similar return value. Which, which says more about Oladipo than it does about George Hill, by the way. I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> but still very interesting. Yeah. And then the last one was Mike Muscala and Justin Jackson have trade traction. Yeah. What they said. And Just in traction. Yeah. So I thought all of that was pretty interesting, especially Justin Jackson in particular, because obviously even bringing up his name means like his name in some specific framework of a deal. Because I, I can't imagine someone just going out to just trade for Justin Jackson. Right. Maybe. I don't know. He's This is like the one guy on this team who's not even getting playing time on this type of a team. Yeah. Like I was looking at his last couple games, he's averaging like below 15 minutes in every game. So yeah. I thought that was just very strange. So that makes me think that there's some framework of a deal out there where Justin Jackson is needed to make the deal work. But who knows? So yeah, that, I mean, that, he's he's 5 million expiring and that that might be why there's traction. Yeah. Um so that was all interesting. Um in terms of teams who are interested in George Hill, we've heard a couple. Woj said that Philly was now, Philly is obviously heavily engaged in the Kyle Lowry trade sweepstakes. So I'd imagine if they get Lowry, they will not be chasing George Hill. Are there any other teams that you've heard specifically are interested in George Hill? I mean, I think that really, I mean, the Clippers are definitely one that have they have interest. And they move Fiano Cabangele to kind of help dodge um, the... What is it? The cat, the hard cap for them. Um, so I think that 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 helps a trade be a little bit easier for them to make. Like maybe the Thunder didn't want Kevin Gale, and so maybe they could just do a straight up trade. 
now for for one of their bigger contracts. So I think they're a team that makes sense. It's really it's all the same guys, and it's really contenders that want George Hill, and somebody's going to get him. And my guess is that if he gets traded tomorrow, he will play over the weekend. <laughs> I know the Thunder have been like, well, we don't know how far away he is, but it's it's like I I I believe he'll play pretty soon. Uh, he's been in that cast for forever. He does have the cast off now. Uh, and I would guess that they will find a landing spot for him. I think he has he has value. We've seen already, like P.J. Tucker, when we talked about the, the value they got with P.J. Tucker, it wasn't tremendous, but you know, that's a, a much older player who hasn't been very productive this year for a player that looks like he's got a lot, a lot left in the tank and has been a legitimately great teammate during his entire tenure here. So I think I think they'll find a spot for him. And then uh, some things that came from The Athletic – One was that an NBA executive watching from afar when it comes to the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes says he's not the only name the Celtics are chasing. If he was, the deal would be done. Executing deals with Boston can be tricky. or Offers made out of Beantown often involve players not currently on the Celtics roster, meaning a third team has to get involved, which can frustrate colleagues looking to make a big deal. For any team looking to add picks, ultimately those talks are going to have to run through Oklahoma City which seems to have enough of them to hold its own NBA draft for a season or two. And what would the Thunder want for its treasure trove of picks? That's the conundrum. So I just thought that was interesting, the idea that in any of these potential three-team trades or or a team that is, doesn't have, isn't flush with picks, if they're going out there trying to get a pick, it's likely going to be from Oklahoma City, which is just so strange because, I mean, we would have to be getting back a young player because, like, what else possibly would Oklahoma City want to give up a pick? So I just can't imagine them giving up a pick in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, who are you giving up a pick for? That's on any, any of, of these teams. Yeah. yeah. I don't no know. No one. <laughs> Time Lord? Not the Time Lord? Yeah. Like, maybe if they're trying to get a second or something, I suppose. But, it. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was strange. And then, this is something we talked about last week, and... It turns out it's happening this year. This hasn't come up in a while, but the Knicks and the Thunder both stand below the league's salary floor right now. If New York doesn't add $13 million, and if the Thunder doesn't add $12 million, it will be free money for the players on the current roster. And I was looking at the uh, salaries, and like Isaiah Roby, I think he makes around like $1.5. He'd get like a 50% bump in It'd his salary. Amazing. You know what? And for the effort and if the, if this team sucked i'd be like just go fill that slot like fill it up who cares <laughs> right. this team this team has performed so well that i am just just going to put this out there don't fill that slot thunder don't do it reward hey, bonuses the, the, these guys need to be rewarded for the effort that they have put forth this year and the fact that literally every single one of these guys is and i've and i've kind of been beating this drum like the entire organization's pulling on the same rope including all the players which i think is part of the success of where they are and i said this in a text to you guys that if you just took this roster and you placed and you placed them on the kings or you placed them on the timberwolves and you kept everything else in place like coaching staff front office everything else i think this team wins 15 games i mean even if they played healthy all year i don't think that they perform very well but I do think that the way that the Thunder have 
Like they really do have like this incubator of talent now. And I think that it's helped all of these guys quite a bit. And I think if you threw the Timberwolves roster on this team, I think that they're like a legitimately good team. Same for the Kings. And I really do think it's a thing. It it is wild to think about some of these guys, like how lucky they are to have made it to the Thunder. Um, For someone like Ty Jerome would have gotten no minutes in Phoenix this year. Yeah. Svi was starting to lose minutes in Detroit with all of their young guys. I mean, and and not only are they getting playing time, but they're like showcasing their talents and they're they're all doing incredibly well. Yep. And I'm sure there's a lot of it starts making you think like you go around to rosters around the league. It's like who else is like this? Who else could we bring in and instantly make them like a legit contributor on this team? Yeah, I mean, Kenrich did not have a good year last year. Like, right. He was not a great player uh, for the Pelicans, and he comes here and it's like, oh, okay, well, I think we found somebody. I think they've legitimately found a guy that could help not only the Thunder. That, and A lot of people want to mention Kenrich as a guy that could be helpful to a contender, and I very much think he could. And, it, and I'm not saying that they won't move him, but the Thunder really like him. They they like what he brings on both ends of the court, and I I don't know if they're trying to move him. I do know that if like the right offer came along, yes, they would trade him. Uh, but I don't know that he's one that they're looking to move. I would I would expect George Hill to be moved. I think that they're looking to move Al Horford. I don't know that a deal will come. Uh, and then like Muscala certainly, Justin Jackson certainly, like those guys are likely on the move. But Kenrich is one where. I think they want to hold on to him, and I think that they do like him. But if the right offer does come along, yes, just about anybody can be moved. So are there any other uh, any other things you've heard, Andrew, anything I missed about the Thunder and the trade deadline? No, I mean, for the most part, it's, it's just kind of obvious what the goals are still with the Thunder and what they need to do to accomplish those goals is offload some of these guys. And I think... I think that they uh, that they will and that they'll effort to do so. And there's enough teams out there that are either trying to contend because there is kind of this opening with you know the the Nets are scary but they still like have the injury stuff with KD and we don't really know what to think about that. Uh, and then you have the Lakers and you have the Sixers and like n- like nobody believes in the Bucks and so it's like, okay, like maybe a contender could open up. We talked about it on Slam and Jam with Miami. Like Miami's trying to get guys now. And obviously they have already traded for Trevor Ariza, but there's still guys on the Thunder that would make sense for Miami. Uh, Kenrich Williams is, is one of them. I think he'd be phenomenal in Miami. Uh, so I, I think that there's going to be... I would not be surprised to see a lot of movement from the Thunder tomorrow. And it and it won't be high profile. It's not going to be something that's going to be covered in detail by the national media just because it is, in a way, spare parts. But um, I do think that there could be some guys on the Thunder right now that will be moved that can help teams. A lot of people in the chat wanting Cam Reddish, Andrew, from the Atlanta Hawks. He currently has an Achilles injury. And uh, don't know when he's going to be back, but I have I did read one rumor about Atlanta was shopping him. I'm assuming they're tr- still treating him as a as positive asset, so I feel like you'd have yeah. to give up something for him. You'd have to give up a pick, yeah, and and somebody else probably to get him. I would assume. I mean, they're not just going to give away Cam Reddish, right? 
But what would even a Cam Reddish trade look like if you're the Thunder? It'd probably be like they probably have to give. I mean, why would Atlanta do it for less than like a late first? I I have no idea. So it'd probably you, be a late first and then a dude. Would you or, trade the Miami? Would you trade the Miami pick for him? The 2023 lottery protected. Um, this year's 2021. 2020 um hmm i guess i consider it i don't even know if you can trade that because of the way the swaps work yeah actually i don't think you can but yeah 2023 sure 2023 yeah i i I think so i mean we were just talking about yeah i'm not super high on cam reddish but it's but it would be a fun little test case. <laughs> like, let's just bring this guy in. And I feel like Presti used to do this with you know bringing in Cantor, Waiters, these former lottery picks. Yeah, I have much more faith in the development team right now in the Thunder to basically turn anyone into a functional NBA player. And Cam Reddish has not been good this year. He was he started to look good towards the end of his rookie season, and he kind of f- fell back off this season. So yeah, if they're down on him. Why not? Yeah. We we could use a wing. What's I mean, he uh, Yeah, he can always use a wing. He makes four and a half million. So I'm just trying to figure out what exactly because is it a pick that they're after? That's what I don't know. Yeah. Because I think that they'd be after some help now. Don't you think? I I would imagine so. I mean the the roster is Honestly, Kenrich Williams would be great on that team. Would you take but, back Rajon Rondo? If I was... Wait, uh, that goes multiple years? I was going to say, if it's an expiring, yes. But, I mean, I guess He's you could He's got another year after this. Yeah. George uh, Hill? Like, like you do George Hill and Kenrich in like the 2023 heat pick. Man, I like that for Atlanta. Yeah, that's nice. That's actually really nice. I think that makes... I think that... I mean, it makes some sense. Because we, I mean, we've talked about it. Like, you can't use all these picks. Right. And Cam Reddish is like... He's a guy... Not only that was highly touted out of high school, but he's very, very well respected among all the players in the league. Like, as like a guy that could really be something. And maybe he's not. Like Maybe, maybe he's not. Maybe it's not worth doing. Because I he's... He's had some high highs and some really low lows, and but I do I do believe in the Thunder's ability to get the most out of guys, and so it's a lot. That's a lot to give up for Cam, and he's a former lottery pick. The Thunder have been after former lottery picks. It's probably a little bit too much, but maybe not. I mean, we also have to realize that like we we overvalue Kenrich Williams as people that have watched him. Okay. Oh, I, I would say that fans for the majority of NBA teams aren't even aware he exists. <laughs> and we probably overvalued George. I, we definitely overvalued George Hill. With conversations that I've had with people across the league, the way that we think about George Hill and Kenrich Williams, literally nobody else does. <laughs> so, And I think that they could help. I really do. I've seen them this year. I've, I've seen every minute that both of them have played this year. I think they both could help a lot. But we also have to realize, like, as a fan base that has watched everything they've done, like we very much overvalue their production and what and what they are. Uh, maybe and maybe not incorrectly overvalue them, but we that, that is certainly the case. 
Yeah, I I like the idea actually of of moving for someone like a Cam Reddish because um, as much as I like a lot of the players on this team currently, we talked about Ty Jerome a lot. You know, in terms of blue chip prospects, we don't really have any other than Shea. And you could argue that Cam Reddish isn't a blue chip prospect at this point, but I think he is he is the closest to that that is gettable right now. In terms of his ceiling. Yeah, yeah if they if they want to move him for help, like the Thunder have guys like, okay, we can we can get you help now. Yeah. And we can probably give you some kind of draft compensation. But I just I also just don't think the Thunder are in let's give away draft compensation to get players now mode. I would be shocked to see that happen tomorrow. Yeah. So like this is like very, very hypothetical. This is not a rumor or anything of that nature. This is just <laughs> us just BSing on a podcast. It's, like, it this started is, in our comments section. It's yeah. their fault. <laughs> they do. It is. It is all y'all's fault. Speaking of the comment section, let's go to the stream and then we're going to take a break. Ooh, we got lots of people in the stream. We got uh, Penny. Thanks for joining. We have. Let's see. Tell me your location. There's a lot of just chit chat in here right now. Uh, Tyler Field, who's in OKC. We have Brian Brock in North Dakota. Jacob Kearns in Edmond. We have Pedro in Brazil. Miguel Davila says, what's up, boys? Uh, Daniel in the UK. We have Jack in Lincoln, Nebraska. Sam in New Hampshire. We have Ethan in Tulsa. Uh, let's see. Thanks so much for joining, everybody. This is this has been great. Uh, we got actually quite a bit of people here on the stream. Make sure that if you're not subscribed, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube page. That would mean a lot. We have... Uh, Vedante in India, and let's see, Hoopsock69, as always, in the chat. Joel Angel in Antarctica, that can't be right. If that is true, you need to send us a, a, some some picture and video evidence of that being true. This is, this is one where I do feel like somebody is trying to trick me to say something. Uh, we have Del Lot uh, in Midwest City, Andy in Wisconsin, Thanks so much for joining everybody. Uh, lots of Cam Reddish love in the chat today. Scroll to the wow. bottom. We got a ton of people here. Falcon, Denmark, uh, White Black in Morocco, uh, Khan in Hong Kong, David in Tempe, Joshua in Nashville, Timothy in Tulsa. Wow. Kyle in Hershey, PA, Jacob Kearns, Edmund. Thanks so much for joining everybody. You guys wow. are the best. Cameron, Cameron in Tulsa, Simon in California, Cloud in Molina. Kurt Leftrich in Arkansas. Thanks so much for joining. Melina. Manila. <laughs> Help me. Help me, Al. Uh, All right, okay. We're going to take a quick break. break. Okay. But after we get back from this break, we're going to talk more NBA rumors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick break. Alex, trade deadline. Trade deadline. But before we get to that, Andrew, you have to be confronted. You have to answer for your crimes. Your okay. favorite cereal, Cinnamon Toast oh. Crunch. Yesterday, there was a yep. report on Twitter that a gentleman named Mr. Carp found some shrimp tails in his Cinnamon Toast Crunch. How do you respond to these allegations? Uh, I think this guy is just a straight-up liar, and he is just trying to take something beautiful away from the world, and I don't appreciate it, and I think... You know, so he's he married this guy. Apparently, is married to Topanga, which yeah, is a right. hilarious fun fact about him. Uh, this dude's going down. You think General Mills is just going to let this guy slander the best cereal ever made? No. So like, you, this do is, you think he planted this, them? Yes, because they yes. are they are covered in cinnamon sugar. Oh, how, how could we possibly find both cinnamon and sugar? impossible to cover something in cinnamon and sugar i think i think they're planted i think this dude is just trying to uh get his moment and uh he's he's seizing the moment and you know what he is gonna go down in flames it that it's very risky because this starts out as a thing where you're if let's say it's true it starts out as a thing where you find shrimp tails in your cereal you make a tweet about it probably don't think that much about it We'll see what happens. It turns into the story of the day. Anytime you become the main character on Twitter, they will find the worst thing you've ever done or said in your life, and this we it will be revealed within 48 hours. So <laughs> we, he is now like on this clock, and he is he appears oblivious to this fact, but it's going to happen. He's going to be brought down, and this is why if I ever find shrimp tails in my cereal, I'm just keeping my mouth shut. I'm not saying a word. I might send a message to the group text, but I'm not telling anyone else. You think this is going to hold up in court? Because this is probably where this is going. Probably. he He's still going. Like He is milking this for all it's worth. Oh, I know. He's posting know. DMs between him and General Mills. Oh, I've seen. I've oh, seen these. Geez. It is. Yeah. I, I would be very nervous <laughs> if I were him. <laughs> it's not worth uh. it. They're powerful people. Big cereal. Just go home to Topanga and keep your mouth shut, bro. Just, you know, I mean, it's not going to stop me from buying Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I'll tell you that. Like, show me some other shrimp tails, people. Yeah. Let me and see some other fact, shrimp tails. Andrew... Let, me see, so let me see somebody open a bag and find shrimp tails. That's what I want to see. And then I will be sold. Until then, I think this guy's just straight up liar. And if Andrew finds shrimp tails in his Cinnamon Toast Crunch, he'll eat them. And he'll enjoy it. And they'll be delicious. Because they're covered in cinnamon and sugar. Uh, okay, so the biggest NBA draft name buzz is probably Kyle Lowry. Brian yeah. Windhorse uh, was quoted as saying, Kyle Lowry's free agency is happening right now. The expectation is that Lowry is going to have a new contract by the end of this week. It's either going to be to stay in Toronto, or it's going to be Miami, or it's going to be Philadelphia. Michael Grange said that the sticking point in a Lowry to Miami scenario is Tyler Hero. Miami is okay to give up 26-year-old Duncan Robinson, a pending restricted free agent who might be pricey. Raptors prefer 21-year-old Hero, who is on the second year of a rookie deal. I agree. 
And then Keith Pompey said that Kyle Lowry wants some indication that a potential destination is willing to give him a two-year extension at a minimum of $25 million per year. Uh, what jumps out to you? I would say the Tyler Hero news only because last week on Saturday Slam and Jam, you came up with a Tyler Hero trade, and I just completely dismissed it. <laughs> and I, I still would dismiss it, but it's just interesting that uh, the Raptors are that confident. You know, like, we're not doing this without Tyler Hero if you really want Kyle Lowry. We'll see yeah. if that holds up, but... I think they should hold to it. And I think that they would... I think they'll eventually give up Hero and keep Robinson. And I, I mean, Robinson's to me is probably more valuable to them, especially if you get Kyle Lowry, because then you have like the ball is probably not going to be in Tyler Hero's hands, which is one of like the the main values that he brings is that he can shoot it and he can handle and and do some stuff. So I would hold to that and you know make Miami pay up. But if and we talked about this, like if Miami can get Kyle Lowry, like that's a scary team. That's a team that has guys that are experienced, that have been there, that aren't going to be afraid of the moment, that aren't going to be afraid of the Nets. And I you know, I would bump them up to contender status if they could get Lowry because that's that's easily the like the grittiest team in the NBA. Like it's it would be very very Miami Heat of them to get Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I think for most NBA fans, the goal of this NBA trade de- deadline should be to bolster an East team to the point where you can at least imagine a scenario that they could beat Brooklyn. And really, the only yeah. two candidates I feel like are Philly and Miami. And then Milwaukee's kind of out there as the wild card because they're just always Milwaukee. We'll see if they're better in the playoffs. But whoever mm-hmm. gets Lowry out of Philly and Miami is going to rocket up the, that the standings there. And so I'm excited that he – it seems like it's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen one way or the other. And the bigger question for me is, okay, if Lowry's gone, what happens with everyone else on Toronto? Like, how do they feel about this core moving forward with Siakam and Fred Van Vliet? Maybe Norm Powell gets moved. Masai yeah. is a free agent, right? At the, he hasn't, like, signed his contract right. for the end of the season. Yep. So, like, what are they going to do? Because remember when Masai originally came to Toronto from Denver, all the talk was, like, Masai wants to blow this up. Masai's ready to rebuild in Toronto. And they were just yeah. never bad enough. They kept out, you know, outperforming their expectations – and he was yep. never really able to do the thing he wanted to do. And you kind of wonder, like, if they gave him this chance and said, hey, we'll let you, like, fully blow this up and do it the way you originally wanted to do it, could we see, like, a some big-time moves? I don't think it will happen right now. It would probably happen before the draft. But it's just something I'm thinking about. Yeah. It's funny. They outperformed their expectations until they won the NBA title. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the ultimate outperforming your expectations. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just <laughs> such an odd, odd thing. But, I mean, Toronto, they're, they lost nine in a row. They are – they could be in the bottom five, like, pretty easily. Yeah. And so if they get one of those guys, add – him to like the Siakam Tyler Hero like that's okay like now like okay you got something this is serious uh so I would I would actually I don't know I think Toronto could have a pretty bright future um if they were to you know land in the top five yeah um okay another thing that's going on now this one's just a little nugget for Thunder fans Warriors swingman Kelly Oubre Jr. is getting interest around the league but there are no real offers to make Golden State jump just yet his camp yep. believes he can get a top 10 deal in free agency this summer, but there's yep. mutual interest on both sides. Just wanted to bring that up. 
because we I remember when the Kelly Oubre trade was made, we talked about how like this is an expiring contract and this guy is probably going to get paid, and it appears that's still the case. Even it though almost he, broke up the pod, <laughs> he did almost break up. I want I wanted Kelly so bad. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think this team would be worse. They would have a better chance at a top pick if they had kept Kelly Oubre, and maybe yeah. even Ricky Rubio. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a chucker. Yeah, he's he's he has actually been pretty good for them lately, though. He has, uh, but that the, his start of the season was like historically bad. It was, yeah. It would have been wonderful to have that kind of start of this <laughs> the season for the Thunder. Yeah, I I think that the the thing with Golden State is that, and it's not too dissimilar from when the Thunder were kind of limping along this um, the salary slot. That went from like Reggie Jackson was like the first one to hold that salary slot for OKC, and then that flipped to Cantor, and then that flipped to Mello, and then that flipped to Schroeder. And so the the Warriors are doing something similar with this slot. It was Iguodala, now it's Ubre, and I think they want to find somebody else, and that can be a longer term piece for that slot, right? Uh, because they are paying a crazy amount of money for this team. They want to be good still, and so I think that if they could get somebody else in that slot, that's what they would like to do. So I would not be surprised if to see Kelly Oubre moved along because Kelly is he's a guy that is not a beloved player in in really any locker room that he's been in, and so I would I would and that's probably one of the reasons why he was moved on so quickly from Oklahoma City. So I would guess that they would try to move off of him and bring in somebody who's in a similar salary position to him, but maybe with a year left. So you can kind of push that uh, back a little bit. Because uh, I just don't know that Kelly is a guy that really fits what the Warriors want. Yeah, I don't know if he fits their their system. Um, okay, big news. This was from Vincent Goodwill. Multiple teams are saying the Indiana Pacers are listening to pitches on Malcolm Brogdon and are monitoring Demonis Sabonis as well. On Brogdon, the belief is the Pacers feel Karis LeVert can man the point guard adequately enough should they get a real deal for Brogdon, who's in the second year of a four-year, $85 million contract. This is just interesting to me because remember the beginning of the season, the Pacers were hot. Pacers were hot. We were talking about them... Are they pseudo contenders? Could they be a right. home court team? And they have really fallen apart. And the the way in which they've fallen apart has been kind of shocking because it seems like there's some things going on with their new coach and the team. There was the game probably about a week ago when Sabonis just took himself out of the game at the yeah. end of it and looked very mad on the sidelines. And meanwhile, the the coach that they fired, Nate McMillan, is on this like crazy run with the Hawks. So it just seems like things are not going well in Pacerland. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's been injury related, but and I don't, I don't know that they would really trade any of those guys. I think that they're just putting it out there that hey, and maybe they're just gauging value. Honestly, right? I mean, they would have to get a lot in return to move off of those guys because I still think that this is a team that can still get get into the play in, obviously, and get into the playoffs. This is something that they can still do just because the East is so bad, they can be four games under 500 like they are right now and still be within reach. But I would be a little surprised to see them move off of any of their main guys, uh, especially Brogdon. Like, Brogdon's good. I just, I think a lot of teams would like him, but I just don't know what 
anybody's going to be willing to give up for him. Right. And then uh, Aaron Gordon is kind of the other big name other than Kyle Lowry who seems likely to be moved. He requested a trade from the Magic. This apparently happened like back in February. And yeah. there's been reports that the Celtics are considered the front runners in the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes. A source with knowledge of the Gordon talks said the Celtics have indeed put two first-round picks on the table, and the framework of the deal would also include Magic guard and free agent-to-be Evan Fournier heading to the Celtics, which would require them giving up Marcus Smart. This is just a very interesting turn of events, because remember, we're always going to be able to compare whatever they get to the Miles Turner-Doug McDermott deal for that TPE. And this deal, you're, you're giving up the TPE, and you're giving up Marcus Smart, and you're giving up two first-round picks for, yeah. for Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, who Evan Fournier could just leave this summer. I mean, so you're basically right. committing to paying him. You're basically committing to paying Aaron Gordon next summer because he has one year yeah. deal on, left on his deal. I, they're going to be way capped out at that point, and that's basically yeah. your team. And I, and I think I've team. said basically four times. <laughs> so I apologize for that. <laughs> I, I, that just feels like such a... I mean, I think it helps the Celtics, certainly. But it doesn't help them become a contender. Right. I don't know. That just feels like just like a blah move to me. It's like, oh, okay, cool. You make the second round now? I don't think you're better than any of like the big guys in the East now. Definitely a solid team, but they, they're still going to have Kemba under contract for m- multiple more years. I think he has three years yeah. left on his deal. Two or three. Right. So you're you're looking at Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier. As I don't know, but then you still I, need a big man. Yeah, I and I like like Marcus Smart is super good. He is. One of the other interesting tidbits that came out, this was on the mismatch with KOC and Murno, was that uh, KOC that was saying that like <laughs> Tristan Thompson has been a major locker room issue this year because he yeah. won't stop going out. <laughs> and so he's been screwing up with like all their COVID protocols and everything. Yeah. And that's a guy they have signed for next year too. So I think they have to get off of that deal in any deal. Yeah. To make themselves feel good about this. That was a bad deal to begin with. Yeah, Kemba's got three years left after this year. Man, that's that's rough right now. We'll see. Maybe he'll get better. (laughs) Yeah, maybe this 30-year-old small point guard will just get better. (laughs) Uh, But that's interesting. I've always been high on Aaron Gordon. I would love him on the Trailblazers. That that is the team where he would fit so perfectly. He would give them so much of the things that they are missing right now, mainly defense. But also, he's just like another guy who can create, um, who's big. And so, I don't know. I'm excited to see where he goes. I I think there's other teams out there as well. I mean, Aaron Gordon is 25 years old. I think there's going to be a significant market for him. Yeah, he's perfect in Denver as well, which I think will be a play for him. He, He fills in that Jeremy Grant position pretty well. Yeah, and he's right there. Like Jamal Murray's twenty four, Jokic is twenty six. Like he's right in their timeline. And and we've talked about the Nuggets in terms of a Beal deal because they have so much. And this is probably one deal they could make where they wouldn't have to give up Michael Porter Jr. They could potentially yeah, do like definitely. Gary Harris's contract, a couple picks, and then they have those random young guys. You know, they have like Bull Bull, R.J. Hampton, um, that they could Zeke. potentially Zeke Naji, Zeke yeah. Nagy. Yeah, they've got guys. 
they, and yeah, you wouldn't have to give up everything. And I don't, and I don't know that you would want to. And this is a deal where you become way more versatile. You add a guy that I think would help quite a bit. And like Gary Harris has been so inconsistent for them, and to basically give up a couple picks that will likely be late picks because I mean they're going to have Jokic and Murray for a long time, and if you give up two late picks and Gary Harris to get a guy that helps you today, I mean I I would do it. I would absolutely do it if I were the Nuggets, and that to me I don't know if it pushes them to a contender, but I'm way more afraid of them because you're filling that slot where like Paul Millsap is 36. It's like, yeah. what is he going to do? Jermichael Green is perpetually overrated as a guy that's going to help do things that you that he just really never does. And it allows Porter uh, to continue to kind of grow a little bit more slowly. So I, I love that. And I think that... I don't think they want to move on from Michael Porter. I think they want to see what he can continue to develop into. And to me, this kind of gives you a little bit more runway for that. Yeah, for sure. I, I would I would love that team, and I love what you brought up about him fitting within their timeline because it's not just about this season, but going forward, you would have that locked-in core at that point. And, yeah. I mean, Jokic is probably going to be the MVP this season. I was looking up. He's going to be the first second-rounder to ever win MVP. Pretty cool. You think he'll win the MVP? I don't know that he'll win it, but... I don't know. People are, people are excited about it. His odds are, like, very, very high right now. Are they? Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he's definitely I, number I'd be one. Surprised if he did. Really? I mean, it depends how quick Embiid comes back. And I would. Depends, I'd be a little surprised. It depends how quick LeBron comes back, but I feel the narrative shifting. Andrew, the tides are turning. I would love to see Jokic win the MVP. I would, would love you? to see because it sounds like you didn't win it. You, uh, like you immediately shot it down. When you said <laughs> it. I just don't think they've won. I just don't think they've won enough. Well, I just don't think that yeah. they've won enough for him to for him to get there. That's I mean that would be my only pushback. Um why don't we end on the Rockets, the Houston Rockets. Uh two other things, well, Chicago is apparently listening to to offers on Larry Markkinen, which is interesting. And then the Nuggets have also yeah. inquired about Evan Fournier. But when it comes to the Rockets, so I mean, I mean, let's talk Markkinen real quick yeah. because like the Thunder are seemingly a team that would maybe have interests just in that he's a young guy still on his rookie scale you're gonna have to pay him which is like part of the reason that they want to trade him but yeah what like what would a thunder bulls trade even look like so are the thunder are the bulls looking to get, to get better or are they just wanting i think they want to get better yeah i don't think this is a team that's like oh, okay we're ready to take a step back and be in the lottery some more i mean i think that they want to be good because I was going to say, if they just wanted like young pieces, you know, Bays and a couple picks would make sense for Lowry. Yeah. But if they're yeah. looking to get better, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that's the deal you can do with Al Horford. I mean, you, you would have to send Al Horford plus picks, and you'd, they'd also have to send back probably Otto Porter in that deal. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if there was a bigger deal with Horford and Hill. And you're sending picks, and you're getting back Markinen and Porter. Maybe there's something there, but yeah, I just yeah, I don't. Do see I want to do that? that? Makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I don't see a deal that makes it. That ton said, of sense Larry Markinen on this Thunder team would be amazing from day one. 
He'd shoot 60% from three, probably <laughs> average 25 points per game. He'd be an absolute monster. He would be the MVP front runner. I mean, <laughs> we, right now, yeah, Jokic is minus 105. Yeah. To win the MVP on betmgm.com. Uh, wild. What's happening? Like, absolutely, absolutely wild. It's He is like odds on favorite, like by a mile. Yeah. Right now. And it's because of injuries. I mean, and it's. It's because of injuries and narrative, really. Because like Embiid and LeBron are out. And it's going to be hard for them to win it because of that. Giannis can't win it because people don't want him to. <laughs> right? Right. And same thing for almost the same thing for James Harden. Yeah. I think enough people will hold what happened to Harden against him. And then, like, the Blazers aren't winning enough. The Warriors aren't winning enough. The Clippers aren't winning enough. Uh, people. I don't. I just don't see anybody from the Jazz actually winning it, and then and then like you're in the Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving range. Might as well give it to like, let's oh. let's start Shea's campaign. Might as well at that point, <laughs> right? I know. I, I just it's it is a weird weird MVP year, isn't it? I mean, oh, this it's just very feels strange. strange. It's strange, it but strange. It, but it also feels like one of those years where if Jokic goes on to be like one of the best like big men of all time i don't think it yeah. will look strange in retrospect i mean yeah if he wins one i think it makes it more likely that he's going to win multiple mvps now the team has to get better like they have to be consistently at the top of the western conference and maybe a deal like that aaron gordon deal helps them get there um but yeah that would that would be very interesting it would kind of uh it would screw up all of the tanking arguments because now we would finally have proof that a second round pick can win the MVP. And so you could never use that argument <laughs> anymore. That like you have to get the MVPs always come from the top picks. Yeah. I think Sam said something in his Oklahoma article about like, we won't use exceptions or like random luck as like a, a roadmap to success or something, which is, well, it's looking like we're going to have to Andrew. <laughs> We need to. Ah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to need a lot of luck. Okay, let's end it on the Houston Rockets. Listen to this. I'm going to tell you three things that have been reported out there about Oladipo. They're so confusing to me. So first, Shams reported Monday that Houston's asking price for Oladipo is a good young player or a first-round pick. He added that Miami, New York, and Detroit are among the teams interested in trading for Oladipo. Then on that Twitter Spaces thing, Woj and Winhorse said that if the Rockets could have gotten a protected first, they would have done it already, referring to Oladipo. But then Woj yesterday tweeted, Heat and Knicks with summer cap space are reluctant to offer premium packages for Oladipo, but a market's developed of capped out teams bidding with young player first round pick combos. One thing's become clear, Houston's likely moving Oladipo before deadline. I feel like those last two just went completely against each other because Woj is saying now that, like, oh, there are teams willing to offer a first-round pick and a young player, which sounds crazy to me. Yeah, who would do that for I, a guy who has not been good this year? I, I don't know. That's But it seems like they are definitely moving him. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I think that it was inevitable once they even traded for him that they were going to move him. And I think they the hope was that they could flip him similar to what the Thunder have done in recent history for more. And then essentially you just get a lot more for James Harden. Like you get a lot more pick compensation for James Harden. Yeah. Um, 
But then there's also the rumor that they want to get in on the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes. Oh, they're, like they're not just I, get I in on it, like NFs. willing to offer two firsts for him. And and basically, that, that it sounds like it sounds like they set the market on Aaron Gordon because then it was all about like, oh, the the Celtics have matched the two first round pick offer from the Rockets. So it's very confusing because it's clear that they are not interested in tanking going forward if they're willing to make a deal like that for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is weird. It's just it is going to be weird. Which honestly, for, for the Rockets, for the Thunder's future picks from Houston, we want them making those type of moves. Oh yeah, baby. Because go go get Aaron Gordon. They're not going to be good. He will make you the sixth pick perpetually, <laughs> as we've seen with the Orlando Magic. We've seen it. Yeah, I think that is so risky on their part. I mean, I get the idea of just yeah. like wanting to restock your talent as quickly as possible to try to become respectable because you just had the franchise's longest losing streak in their history. Right. But you can't be reactionary in situations like that, though. Yeah. I, mean, I guarantee you that if the Thunder had a 22 game losing streak, it wouldn't be like, well, save us, Aaron. Save us, Aaron Gordon. You would be, you would be and beaming. Yeah. I would be. <laughs> Yes, I would be as bright as the sun right now if that if that were to happen. Okay, so the Thunder oh. play the Grizzlies tonight. Revenge game. From- it is a revenge game. I I think they're legitimately pretty peeved about how that how that went. Uh, so yeah, they they actually have some kind of interesting matchups coming up. Memphis, I think, is always going to be interesting because you have the Josh Shea uh, matchup, which I think will be perpetually fun. Uh, they get Boston Saturday, so if Boston makes a big move, you get the new Boston Celtics here in town. And then they have Dallas and Toronto um, after that. Dallas is playing really well lately, and also a team that, that I think could be primed to add a piece uh, to get better. And then who knows? Who knows? Are we going to play Tyler Hero and the Raptors next Wednesday? Whoa! <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Thanks for tuning in to our show. Hope you guys have... A great rest of your Wednesday. Uh, we will have some kind of trade deadline recap. Uh, I don't know if we'll wait till the fry pod, depending on how big the deals are. If they if they trade Muscala and Justin Jackson and George Hill, eh, we might wait till the fry pod to talk about it. So if the bigger happens, if they get some kind of blockbuster Horford deal, we'll be right on the stream. Uh, hope you guys just, just enjoy your day. Enjoy the day. No stress. And we'll talk to you guys again on... Friday.